We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey, thanks for being back on. I'm glad you could join me again while Todd's away. We get to talk about cars. More talking about cars. We never do. I'm glad you're back with us. We have a lot of show business up front to cover. Thanks for joining us, guys. We really appreciate it. And as I said, Todd is still on vacation. I think he's on a beach somewhere. I know he's not skiing because there's not enough snow. Unless he's in the southern hemisphere. But it's sort of, you know, where do you think Todd went? I I don't know. He just disappeared. He could be up in the mountains. Deservedly so. He could be in the meadows, in the cornfields. He could be, (laughs) I I don't even know. Agreed. All right. Well, uh, we've got a couple of great debates. And what we're going to do is debate for Cameron. He is in Vancouver, B.C. He's up in Canada. And he's part of a car share club, and he writes to us with a single car debate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He wants to do one, and you have mentioned that you are uh, quite proud of your choices. Well, it's actually for the the other debate we've got, who's for Corey, who is a 1931 Model A Ford owner, and he drives it quite frequently, it sounds like. Corey is known as Curly. He's up in Alaska, and he's got this 31 Model A Ford. He sent us a photo in his garage. Pretty awesome. Looks really clean. It does look really nice. All right. So, Corey, we'll get to your debate after the break. But we've got, uh, like I said, a bit of show business. Uh, If you're interested in the mini raffle that is coming your way, we're selling tickets. All the details are on everydaydriver.com, and you can go there. Or you can also contact us in the contact button on the top right under the about tab there and that's where you can write to us your debate everyday driver tv at gmail.com yep. or co- the contact button use that there to send us your own debate and, and please season... send debates through there not through instagram yes very good point uh it, it's very helpful because uh on the social media facebook twitter uh instagram we like just kind of what's on your mind what's kind of current news yeah. uh you know various car questions and we do have a lot of questions thank you guys We will get to those uh, after both debates. But as I was mentioning about episode two, this is a repeat. We're in the second half of our television season on Velocity. So that is the alternatives, the Kia Stinger and the BMW 430i, which Kia has claimed as the competitor. They post that on their website as, hey, cross shopping cars, look at this on our website. And so that's what drove that episode. have that car in their targets. They do. In their sites. They do. So the first, at least the first three episodes are up on Amazon Prime as well. And Vimeo. So all of our episodes will syndicate to both of those, Amazon Prime for U.S. and U.K. and Vimeo for Canada. I'm sorry. I don't know why you can't do uh, Amazon episodes in Canada. I still don't no, have good weird. information on that. The rest of the season will be coming. Keep, uh, we'll keep you posted on that. And we couldn't go another minute without thanking our sponsors for Season 3, Covercraft with Griot's Garage, Auto Tempest, and Brush Hero. You've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again, and that is Everyday Driver is the code. If you're shopping on Covercraft or Griot's Garage, Everyday Driver will give you free shipping for Covercraft in the U.S. And Griot's Garage will give you 10% off your order. Mm-hmm. So go there. They are uh, huge fans of what we do, and uh, we we definitely share that with them. We we really appreciate all the sponsorship. And then the Utah meetup is coming in October as well. We, we're getting a lot of signups, it's, which it's is It's coming crazy. fast. We're about a month uh, out now. Are we really? A month, a month and a week, oh. give or take. Don't do that. We've got yeah. so much to do. <laughs> we're shooting already for season four on Velocity, which apparently will be renamed the Motor Trend Network come the fall. We don't know much information about that. We do know there's a name change, but we don't expect too much changing from yeah. us. But before we get to these debates, there's been multiple people that have been asking you about this new 911 that has entered your life, yeah. which you two conspired against me while I was working at <laughs> Waymo in California. I come back and we all went to lunch or was it Yeah, breakfast? we went to lunch, yeah. And there was a fan of the show visiting. Jay, how are you? He was visiting in town. And I walked outside and there was this row of cars and there was an everyday driver sticker on a 911 that I'd never seen before. Yeah, so... <laughs> I went, hey, look, a fan of the show. What, what do you know? And you guys were waiting for my reaction. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, we had actually, you know, I came across the car in accident. I've had this, you know, being a car guy, you're always looking at cars that you can't afford. Or just because you're always. seeing what's out there. And mm-hmm. uh, like a year and a half ago, um, I watched this video on Caymans and saw the prices was mentioned. I was like, 
997 Caymans. That's all those you've been are, talking about is Caymans. I wanted a Cayman really, really bad. Yes. But the problem with that is I have a 987 Boxster in my garage. You do. You and, do. Kind of check that, that box that's off. That's kind of why I, you know, I had the BRZ there for a while, loved the car, <laughs> and then we bought a Boxster. And it's like, this is way better than the BRZ. Way better than well, the BRZ. And then I, I wanted like one for myself so. because the Boxster was my wife's car. And you know, not that I was disappointed with the BRZ at all, but it wasn't a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous, I know. You but, can uh, say that about a lot of cars, but I'll so, just leave it there. So I'd been looking at Caymans for a long time. I toyed with the idea of 997s even. And uh, then there was a job I was hoping to get that I didn't. So yeah. my budget got cut in half really quickly. And then it was... I had already sold my BRZ at this point. That was right, back in April. Right. And uh, so I'd been looking around. And I, I was actually looking. The original goal was, uh, I've told you guys this, but the original goal was to buy a cheap car, kind of like Todd did with the Mini. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And, uh, you know, use that through winter until next spring, summertime, and get a GT350. That was the goal if I were to have gotten that uh, other job. It's a good goal. And it didn't end up happening, which is fine. But, um then I so looking at cheap cars. I had this. I've so we have this this um, local news station KSL, and they have their own right. version of Craigslist that everyone uses here instead of Craigslist. Right. So I had this tab open for pretty much every day for the last year and a half. I kid you not. The KSL tab. KSL tab open for 911s and Caymans for sale. You just keep in refreshing every time you I'd log look, on. I'd look every day. You're kidding me. Every day. I was ridiculous. I had the bug it's... bad. You guys make fun of Paul all the time. But, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, See, it's not I'm just me. I'm right up there with you. You're taking ownership of it. I love it. But I'd, I'd seen this car before, and it, it had been for sale for a while. I didn't think much of it because I wasn't looking at 996s. I wanted a 997 or a Cayman. Okay. And then the budget got cut, and then I saw it again. I was like, hmm. Let's let's go look at this car. I open up, look at the pictures. It's a 2996. Okay. Uh, it looked black in the pictures, and it had an arrow kit on it. I knew if I wanted, to, if I was going to get a 996, it had to have the arrow kit because that just sets the car off. It makes it look a lot more interesting. It does. It does change the character. I know it changes the look about it. I know it's the fake GT3 kind of thing, but it's it looks so much better that way. I'm hey, sorry. I agree. You buy things in your life because you like how they look. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. So I'm I'm actually talking to our friend Dale, who does lemons with us. Yeah. He has yeah. a 996. So he I was does. asking him about 996 ownership, and he has a high miles 996. Yeah, he kind of beats on his. Yeah. Not kind so of. So I this car that I was looking at, it had 147,000 miles on it. 147,000 miles. That's up there on a it, 996. That's up there. That's Somebody's a lot of miles for one of those. Been driving it. Do you so, know if it was commute miles or? Uh, I would think so. Looking at the Carfax so history, two thousand. So it's it 18. had it had thirty thousand miles on it in the first two years of ownership. Wow! So it it got daily driven. I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. Okay. So it's a commuter it's, car. It stayed in the Salt Lake area its entire life. Has it really? It has. It, it was bought it was, new it was here. Bought out of Porsche Salt Lake here. I didn't know that. And. Uh, um, so I'm, I'm looking at the car, going through these pictures, and I'm noticing some weird little details about it that looked different. So, for example, okay. Porsche 996s, well, most 911s, they say Carrera across the back. This one had a 911 emblem on the back that I'd only seen on more modern models. Okay, all right. And I thought, well, someone could have just bought it and stuck it on there. Yeah, the, which but could. then there's one on the dash in front of the uh, in front of the shifter. So I thought, that's that's a weird spot to put one of those too. So I sent it to Dale, had him look it over, and he's like, "Yeah, that is kind of odd." There was actually come to think of it, there's these two special editions that that those might have come on. So I looked those up, and sure enough, it was it was a numbers car. I found me another num- <laughs> numbers nine eleven numbers Porsche on accident. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it is a 2000 Carrera 4 Millennium Edition car. So th- wow. What that means is it's all-wheel drive, uh, it's manual, it's not black, just, even though it looks black. The color is called Violet Chroma Flare. 
which is a so, cool color. I thought it was black when I first saw it, and admittedly, when it's dirty, it doesn't look yeah when amazing. It, when it's it just clean, looks black. When it's clean and the light hits it just right, it can look purple, it can look green, or it can look kind of a bronzy color. And that's just the flake. And it's just a flake. It's not the actual paint, so it's real subtle. Yeah. It's not like some of those other 2000s cars, like the TVRs, where when it changed color, it really changed color. Yeah, yeah. It's real subtle, and, it, and it, so you, you walk outside to it, it's like, oh, it looks purple today. Oh, actually, it looks kind of green. Did, is that my car? Yeah. Violet Chroma Flare. That could be a good band name, too. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That could work. But uh, it's number 196 of 911. Is it really? Um, so it was early. Do you know what year it was built, by the way? Have you looked at the door, Jim? Uh, well, it was sold. It was delivered to the dealer on the 2nd of January, 2000. So it was built. So, so it was probably built, built in 99. So it's, what, 18 and a half years old? Something yeah. like that. Okay. Um, All right. But I did my due diligence. It, I got the PPI done on it. I talked to the owner at length at kind of what he did to it. Okay. He was kind of treating it as his project car. In what it, sense? Just cosmetically? Um, so he told me he bought it from a dealer like wholesale. Really? And was kind of refreshing it cosmetically and mechanically a little bit. Okay. The, uh, he did redid the clutch. It had new brakes. Um, that was kind of what he he had done to it at that point. Um, Didn't you say it had sat for a while, though? Yeah, he had it for two years, and in those two years put a 1,000 miles on it. It's kind of weird, yeah. It's such high miles early in its life, and then it yeah. just sat for a while. But he he told me it was the second one that he had. He had a different one before, sold it because this one he thought had more potential. But he really didn't know what it was. And by that, I mean he didn't know it was a Millennium Edition car. He had no clue. He told me that he thought the car was originally painted white. And really? there was some other little things that was kind of like, no, that's not quite... You just start looking under door jams and under panels and, and it'll tell you real quick. Yeah. And uh, so I I've, I wasn't going to tell him that, but I wasn't trying to pull him a fast one either. Right. Just, but but the, right. the the price for it, this will shock you actually, this will shock a lot of you. I bought the car for fourteen five. That's really low. Fourteen five. It. I went and got, uh, I financed it. And the credit union told me that it was booking at 19. Really? So it was a... Even despite the high miles. Screaming deal, despite the high miles. And the credit unions, they don't take into account that it's a special edition car. It's, to them, it's just a 911. Okay. So it could be worth a little bit more than that. Which still, they're looking at it as a hot sports car. Exactly. But this is all-wheel drive. It's the 4, the Carrera 4, right? Yep. And... Uh, so I had the PPI done on it. It needs a couple things. The struts are worn out. I have actually, last week, I ordered coils, coilovers for it. Good, good. Um, tie rod ends need to be replaced. Just One of the front stuff. axle boots. It's stuff yeah. that, for a 150,000-mile car, would need to be replaced. But I love that it's the all-wheel drive, especially the, for wintertime, and you're going to be bombing around yeah, in it. Yeah, I actually bought snow tires two days after I got the car because someone in the local Porsche group was moving and said, hey, I've got these. Oh, perfect. So I went and picked them up the next day. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so I've oh got those gosh. already. Uh, the elephant in the room that everyone's going to ask, no, as far as I can tell, the IMS has not been done. But yet. The, the PPI came back and said, we cannot confirm or deny that it's been done. They weren't sure. Plus so you've guess, had a new clutch, so you have no reason to dive yeah. in and go looking. Yeah. So I guess when you have the IMS done, they're supposed to put a sticker on the block, the engine block, and underneath your hood. That's kind of common fare, what they do. Oh, okay. That right, indicates right. it, and it had none of those indications. But hmm. the, the guy that, did, that I bought it from who replaced the clutch said that it looked like someone had gotten into it. So maybe they did, the, did it themselves. Maybe some mom-and-pop shop did it. Hmm. I don't know. But considering the miles on it, if it was going to fail, it would have failed by now. Because it's, generally speaking, yeah. low-miles cars that... That have issues. So, what is your where? What's your take? Are you concerned? Or are you just going to drive it? No, I'm not concerned. Yeah. I mean, come spring, I might replace it anyways, just to sure to do it. There's uh, one of our local Porsche guys, Dave, who's actually the uh, co-director of NASA Utah. Right. He's got a high miles 911, 996 as well. Does it really? And he's told me that he had his replaced, not because it needed to necessarily but when they pulled it out it wasn't leaking but the seal was all dry and crusty and gross so it could have that's every reason to do it right yeah there. so yeah. 
Huh. Um, well yeah. bought, man. Congratulations. Yeah, so it's, it's exciting. So you're saying you have a 911 before I have a 911 is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. I have <clears throat> I have two Porsches in my garage yeah, at the same time, You too. guys keep rubbing that in. <laughs> <clears throat> but no, it was funny. So back to what Paul was saying earlier. Uh, I had been talking to Todd while you were out of town doing stuff with Waymo. <laughs> yeah. And we were scheming on how to how to bring it up to you. And uh, uh, it just worked out that Jay was in town visiting with his uh, Porsche Boxster Spider. That yeah. coincidentally we were filming that afternoon. Yeah, he let us drive that for a fast blast, which will be coming. Yeah, it'll be on YouTube. And um, so we got to the restaurant. We, my wife and I, had actually met him at the gas station before meeting for lunch, where we were meeting him. So we got to talking, and then we parked next to each other at the restaurant. Right. So when we went out to go look at his car. Your eyes went to my car, not knowing that it was my car, until you saw me leaning on it, which is something I would never do to somebody else's car. Yeah, I'm going, uh, Chance, you probably <laughs> might not want to do that because they you can, can just, see us in the restaurant. Yeah, and, and then you just, just see Paul's face just like start, the, the gears are turning. and But it had an Everyday Driver and, sticker on, uh-huh. on the window, and I thought, wait, I've never seen this car. Look, somebody knows the show, is a fan of the show. Yeah. What on earth? Yeah, so... Congratulations. I am and thrilled for you. I'm glad it, you're driving it. I did have a scary moment in it one, while yeah. on that drive. <laughs> this was like, I think I'd had the car three days at this point, and I hadn't really driven it hard, so we went up the canyon. We actually used it for a camera car that day. <laughs> we did. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're it goes right into service we as go, soon as a new car yeah, enters the show exactly, into exactly. the extended usage but here. We we pulled over and stopped at one spot to kind of look around and use the bathroom and that kind of thing. And when I start the car up again, just black smoke poured out of the exhaust, like yeah. poured out of it. I maintain it needed to be driven hard and clear its throat and get the yeah. the carbon deposits in there, just blow yeah, that it, out it of it there. It had done a thousand miles in two years. Yeah. And it hasn't done that since. It's been two months since I've bought it now, and it's been fine. Because it needed to be driven. It just needed needed a good cobweb cleaning. And I'm glad I did that before wow. I got the emissions tested, because who knows what that would have come back <laughs> exactly. like. Exactly. The guy comes back covered in smoke. Um, <laughs> sir, your car. Well, well bought, man. I'm so thrilled for I, you. For those of you coming to our track, our Utah track day, uh, I do intend on having it there and racing it at the tr- running it on the track. And Fantastic. Then I'll probably bring the Mustang for the drive. Excellent. So you guys will get to see both cars. Excellent. Well, awesome. I'm thrilled. We've uh, we've got to jump to the debates here for Cameron. He is in Vancouver, as I said, as part of a car sharing club. And he says, I live on southern Vancouver Island in BC. Snow is rare, but when it does occur... He takes the bus, or he gets a car with winter tires from this car share club that he and his wife are in. Yeah, largely because he says he knows how to drive in the snow. He grew up in Manitoba. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. But the the British Columbia topography is mountainous and hilly, and it's just, it would be a pain in the butt to to drive around in the snow, for sure. Yeah, yep. Well, the reason he's writing to us is nothing that is particularly wrong with his current car, which is a 2011 BMW 335iS, which we have recommended before. Very cool car. Mm-hmm. It's got a DCT because even though he loves manual transmissions, his wife does not. She learned to drive standard when they got an M Roadster that they sold recently, a 99 BMW M Roadster. Of course, only comes with a manual. He right. says, I should have kept that car. So she knows, <laughs> but she's just less keen on it. No yeah. kids, no dogs. They rarely have additional people to haul around. And when they, they rarely do, get snow. They go to this car share club, yeah. which is kind of interesting. It's sort of like just own and pay for only one car. And then when your needs change, say you need a pickup truck, say you need, you know, the, as you said, winter tires, or we need to take guests to dinner or on a road trip or whatever, go get it out of the car share. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of cool. Great way to use the car share program, I think. All right. So they prefer coupes. They're open to convertibles and even two-seaters. And his wife loves Mini Cooper S convertibles. Yep. Because, and he, he, you know, of course, because why wouldn't she? It's kind of the yeah, right. girls are drawn to mini convertibles. So right. I get it. I get it. So the headline here is Cam said there's nothing particularly wrong with the car that they have. It's about a new experience. And that is driving my choice. I actually came to you, Cameron, with one car. Oh, one, huh? And 
He says, I think I know what we should buy. I'm hoping you guys will surprise me with some options to consider. Yeah, I saw that too. So he clearly has something already in mind that he, he wants. He's kind he of throwing down. He did not say what that is. Did you notice that? He did not tell us what no, that car is. No, because he's sort of either wanting us to get it right or be open to new options. The budget is approximately 60000 Canadian, and he says a Paul Limiter trademark ding of yeah, 70000 I, I love that trademark little thing he <laughs> threw in there. That's hilarious. So we're working with about 46 to 54,000 US dollars. So, I'm curious to know where did you start? First of all, how many cars did you choose for camera? Uh, two. Okay, only I, two. I kind of threw down as well. I just found two. Good for you. All right. Both solid options. Hard to go wrong with either one of them. All right, I say dive in. So, my first one is well, when I say both of them, you're going to think eh, foregone conclusions. But I found you a 2016 <laughs> Shelby Mustang GT350 in Edmonton. No, sorry, in Calgary. So it's not that far away from you. Good, excellent. It's listed for 65 Canadian. So it's it's up there, but you can you can maybe talk them down a little bit. Okay. It's the tech package car because you said you weren't going to track it more than likely. So this car has. The better stereo. It's got the leather seats instead of the Recaros and the fully adjustable everything and heated seats. And it would be a great daily driver for you, especially in your climate. Yeah, true, true. Um, but my other option, I think, is a little, little bit better. Okay. And your wife will probably appreciate it a little, little bit more. This is the car I found in Edmonton, and you, you'll like this. I too. love that you went shopping. Nearby, for, that's great. For sixty-five grand, so both of them are technically under the Paul limiter. Sixty-five Canadian. Canadian. Okay. I found a two thousand nine Carrera nine eleven C four S with PDK. So your wife would be more wow. than happy to drive it. It's all wheel drive. You can drive it in the winter time there without worrying about it, and just be done. Interesting. <laughs> I was wondering if you would. I mean, <laughs> I, I love they, that you went there. They both seem like the obvious choices. Uh, I I really couldn't land anywhere else. I looked at some other things, but I, I just feel like those are the two cars to go look at. Interesting. Okay, so how are you relegating the 350? You're, you're offering the 911 with the PDK because you offered a manual transmission GT350, right? Yeah, you're just sort that, of like that, and you said you wanted to change, and I, yeah. I can't think of a bigger change than going from a 335 IS, which is a phenomenal car, to, it is. It to is. a GT 350, which is just race car at all times, <laughs> but you can still drive it <laughs> yeah. in relative comfort. And you realize, Cameron, that the problem with that car share club that you're in, everybody's now going to be coming to you if <laughs> yeah. you get either of these yeah, cars. Yeah, that's true. They're that going to be saying, true. "Huh, yeah, I don't want to drive my pickup truck anymore." Hey, uh, Cameron, good buddy, old pal. What do you think? Yeah, there is that problem. <laughs> well, so, Cameron, <clears throat> since you are German car guy, you've had at least two BMWs that I can tell. I don't know your car history. But I actually, because of this sentence that you said, I want a new experience, I am not recommending any German cars whatsoever. I want to. Believe me, I want to. But Chance already threw down with the C4S. I, I think it's an excellent choice. And an American muscle car. And an American muscle very car. Very different experiences. Very. However, this one car is a very different experience. It's also in the category of the Car Share Club folks coming, knocking on your door and saying, Hi, great car. <laughs> what do you think? What Can did I have you that? find? What really did you find? So I am thinking, I, my headspace is still on the 46 to 54. I'm, of course, at the upper end. <clears throat> 54. But That's U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars, correct. But good news, the Jaguar F-Type falls into this category. Are you serious? It does. And Cameron, what you're going to have to do is search hard because I want you to get as much F-Type as you can for your money. We could go the V6 with a manual transmission. But honestly, I would love it if you could get into the V8. I would love yeah. it. Yeah. Heavier, of course. Heavier, heavier front end, heavier nose. Yeah, yeah. But the sound... The sound. The sound alone, yeah. And for that price, I believe you can find a Jaguar F-Type, the V8, for... You might have to do some shopping. I'm pushing hard on this. 
I would love it. Well, see, the other good thing about this car is it has transmission options, it has engine options, and it has the convertible or hardtop options, kind of depending on It has rear-wheel and all-wheel drive options. It does. That's what makes it so versatile, which I love. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And it's not German. It's British. It's a different design. It's a new experience, different configuration. It is truly the two-seater. I mean... I think yeah. it's still going to have enough space for what you'd want it to do. Either commuting into town, going on some road trips. It's still decent space. Which actually, it's not a lot. Which actually makes me wonder, can you get an early V8 Vantage Aston Martin for around that too? I think you can. Uh, I think you can. Uh, all right, Cameron, if you can find that Aston for that kind of money. Wow. Uh, yeah, you'll be the most popular guy in yeah. the car shop club. <laughs> However, I'm, I'm leaning on this F-Type because... We've identified so many different options of that car. They've come down since 2015 quite considerably. Mm -hmm. And I I keep seeing them around. You and I saw quite a few of them actually a week ago at Monterey Car Week. And we're seeing them around and just keep continually being reminded of, wow, what a great car. What a different experience. Great looking car, yeah. Great looking. It, It checks so many boxes, Cameron. And that's why I'm pushing hard on this. We could go, you know, I come to Camaros and I also came to Mustangs and I thought, all right, I want something really special and really unique for you guys. And it also sounds like that this car might be in your life for two, maybe three years. And then you might be moving on to a new experience after that. What better time to experience that than now? Yeah. Before kids and dogs and anything like that happen in your lives. Mm-hmm. That's why I come to this car. And again, it's the new experience part of it. And a lot of times I have to take my own medicine. You know, I have to point the finger back at myself because I get fallen into that rut too. You know, I just think German cars, that's it. No, there's so many great cars out there. So yeah. I'm leaning on the Jag. Plus you can say, yeah, drive a Jag. How cool is that? Why not? That's fun. That's fun for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for writing to us. If you got your own debate, as we say before, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or contact us under the About tab on everydaydriver.com, and that's where to send your car debate. A couple of paragraphs, punctuation, a little bit of car history, and, uh, yeah, some fun background because it helps position the card, not just I've got this much money and, you know, what car should I buy? Well, we could go a bunch of different directions, but yeah. it's interesting some how... some hints on where you live and yeah, what you're using it for. The details definitely influence our thinking, but you see, oh, well, you're a dog lover and you play hockey and you have a drum set or something. Yeah, yeah so you know the, I mean? the F-type's not the answer in that situation. Uh, true, true. All right. Could put it on the roof, though, like that Camaro we saw last week. <laughs> I love that you keep thinking about that car. It's hilarious. It's stuck in your brain. <laughs> All right, well, guys, yes, please write to us, and uh, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back with Curly in Alaska. Football season's back. If you're into football, you can catch up on everything football with some of the best podcasts right here on Podcast One Sportsnet. We've got you covered on a daily basis with the Dan Patrick and the Rich Eisen shows. You can also join R.J. Bell on his show, Dream Preview. Each week, he covers all the college and pro matchups. Or Ross Tucker's Fantasy Feast podcast to stay on top of your fantasy league. We also have Revenge of the Jocks with ex-NFL player Martellus Bennett and even coach Jim Harbaugh as part of the Podcast One Sportsnet team with his show Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's Podcast. Anything you want to know about football, you can find it right here on Podcast One. Everything football here on Podcast One Sportsnet or wherever you listen to podcasts. Do us a favor, rate those podcasts and rate this one too. Hey guys, I think I've mentioned this before, but I actually used to host a country music station. We have a new sponsor. It's Wrangler Jeans. And I read the copy and I thought, there's only one way to do this. Deep breath. Wrangler Jeans. You ready? Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night. At home, on the couch, at work, wherever. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability and applying it to a new line of modern fits and styles. Wrangler jeans are made for the modern-day adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, a price that works for everyone. We've even got vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selections of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear, all for men and women. Wrangler, denim made for the modern world. That was proper. Yeah. 
Okay, in the next 30 seconds, I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but stick with me. I'm not good with numbers. We're going to be in this together, I promise. In 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company, of course, is GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, and I'm out. GEICO presents Unhelpful Home Improvement How-Tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. When it comes to technology, there can be a big difference between consumer grade and business class. Just like with airlines, when you step up, there's a reason. There are benefits. HP and Intel are excited about their business line of products, laptops focused on the prosumer. Many modern consumer-grade processors and mobile operating systems prioritize the battery life over the processing power. Business class PCs often offer both better performance and longer battery life, and they allow users to work faster and longer while they're on the road. Ask me how I know I've done this for years in the tech industry. And when you're searching for good laptops for graphic design or industrial design, you've got every right to be picky. HP has been a go-to choice for designers for years because their powerful laptops combine serious performance with a streamlined user interface. They strive to serve the pros, the beginners, and everybody in between. The HP Elite PCs are designed for heavy-duty reliability. We're talking 115,000 hours, that's right, of HP's testing on these standards to ensure they're durable. These business class devices are bundled with software that sometimes isn't even available at the lower levels or is an extra premium to get it. It comes right on these PCs. Every Elite HP PC comes with HP Elite Premium Support. That's 24-7, 365 dedicated people there to help you with your computer that isn't available on the consumer-grade products. I've used HP business class PCs for years, and I know that support is crucial, as is the processing power, as is the build quality, and they deliver. You can get an extra 10% off on select 8th generation Intel powered HP PCs with the code DRIVER until September 17th, 2018. Go to hp.com/driver. We've talked about Curly in Alaska. His real name's Corey, but he goes by Curly and he listens to and watches all of our work. Curly, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I don't think we've ever had anybody who owns such an old car write to us. A Model A Ford, 1931 Model A Ford. Mm -hmm. And he sent this photo in his garage. Looks clean, looks great. It's actually the truck. So it's got this panel yeah, truck bed yeah, with, great, the, isn't it? with the slats, the wood slats. And so this kind of looks like a bit of a work truck too, which I kind of think is cool. But the reason he drives this is because he loves the sounds and the feel of engines and transmissions mechanical things doing their job and functioning in their best way and yeah he loves that part to, to use his exact description he says performance is not a word used to describe these wonderful examples of early automotive development automotive yeah. development i like yeah. i liked that phrasing right there and I, yeah i like that you look at it that way i don't know if you do have another car but as we mentioned you're up in alaska i don't know quite where but the sporty car that we're debating is to be used in Arizona. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, you lived in Arizona for quite a while. Do you still have family there? Yeah. Uh, actually, I was born and raised in Tucson. My parents still live there. That's uh, hot down there. Yeah, it gets hot down there. Y yeah. Wow. You spent uh, quite uh, a bit of yeah, time. Yeah. My, my first job, actually, I worked for a swimming pool company. and Doesn't everybody have a swimming sun. pool? Yeah. Pretty much every third house doesn't have a swimming pool <laughs> in Tucson. I like that's how you measure. <laughs> oh, you don't have a pool. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we did not have one growing up, but, uh, Hey, hopefully you knew people that did. Oh yeah, totally. Totally did. Um, but yeah, there were days where you'd, you'd show up to work and you'd, you'd get to work at 5am to try and beat the heat. And you're done and, by and 10 you'd, you'd or done something. By 10 or 11. But Oof. there was one particular wow. day I remember where our chlorine delivery hadn't come in for the week yet. It came in at like 11. Oh, this was no. middle of August. My work truck did not have AC. Why wouldn't a car have AC? It was old and broken. Oh. Okay, so it existed. It just... and, and it was 117 degrees outside. 
No. It sucked. Oh, it was man. terrible. Oh, man. I'll never forget that day for many reasons. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the the car for Curly he's looking at is going to be driven around in Arizona. He doesn't say where, but it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. All right. So he says uh, the budget here is twenty to 50000 U.S. dollars. But he actually says, let's get it closer to twenty grand rather than fifty. I mean, that is a wide That's spread. a wide range. That actually gives us so many options, it's almost hard to decide. But okay, if we do keep it closer to twenty, that's fine. He's six foot two inches tall, so he says, I'm mm-hmm. about as tall as you guys, but he does fit in the Model A truck, so he's looking. And it sounds like you're in Alaska for a period of time, but then you might migrate to Arizona and you want something in your garage that you're dreaming about. Yeah. It's sort of a, okay, I got to get there because my car is waiting for me. And therefore, that means if the car is sitting there for that long, it's got to be reliable, which he mentions in his email and says, guys, I've got to have reliability. Did I mention that? I want reliability probably because it's going to be sitting for a while. Yeah. So that does factor in. How yep. many choices did you come up with, by the way? Uh, four, actually. Holy cow. I came so- up with two. Because I was I was mulling a few things and then I kept backing off the budget. Surprisingly, I yeah. know it sounds weird. However, I just I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna really try reliable, sporty, fun to drive. Gonna live in Tucson. I mean, to well, Arizona anyway. Well, yeah, Arizona. You're right. I, I had Tucson on the brain. Okay, so uh, I say go. Uh, yeah, let's, so my, let's bring it. My first two, I mean, he said he wanted something more modern and, and sporty. And he says sporty specifically and something that he can keep up with traffic better because a, a, a Model A is just, you get what you get. I suppose that's a low bar, yeah. anything more yeah. than a Model A. So so I treated traffic. this as seeing that he was, lives in Alaska, but this is going to be an Arizona car. I'm treating this more like as if he's a snowbird and, and goes down to Arizona for the wintertime. Okay. I could be wrong at that, so if I am, I apologize. Okay, but all right. But that's kind of how – that's the approach I took. Fair enough. Uh, the first two I picked were – you mentioned you like dynamics and reliability, so I, I found you can get a ton of Hyundai Genesis Coupes for under twenty grand. They're, they're fun. They're quick. Good point. Good point. They're fairly dynamic. You, you get that enjoyment out of them. Um, Interesting. All right. But then that that led me to, okay, well, Arizona in the wintertime is like Alaska in the summertime, right? Depending on where you are. Okay. Maybe even still warmer than Alaska in the summertime. Sure. The Kenai Peninsula is kind of the banana belt of Alaska. Depending on where you are. But hey, Fairbanks can get hot in the summer. Yeah. I mean, 90 or hotter. It can. It definitely can. All right. So I, I found the 2014 BMW Z4. Interesting. Hard top convertible and manual. Do you think that's going to be reliable after sitting for a while? Uh, that's why I'm kind of this may be a gener- general car, and it is fairly new, so I'd hope so. It's a 2014. Okay. How much did you find it for? Actually, uh, 31. Okay. There's a, few, there's a few of them around. That's that. definitely in his budget. Fair enough. Um, but then the other two are. One of them is definitely a wild card, but could be the answer. Okay. And the other one, I think, is the answer for you. All right. The first one, you said you wanted more modern. Now, that could be taken a lot of different ways. Yeah, that can mean anything, actually. Especially when you're dealing with a Model A. More (laughs) modern could be... A I mean, 32 Ford when, you know, with the Chevy 350 in it or something like that. He could be used to double clutching his way through life. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, so I figured, you know, Arizona in the wintertime is not a bad place to be. Uh, so there are several factory five Shelby Cobra replicas <laughs> that you can get for <laughs> around 35 grand. More modern. They're going to be reliable. Small block Fords. Why, did, why didn't I see that coming? <clears throat> but that that would be a fun car to just cruise around in. But if you wanted something more more reliable, it does tie into livable, the Ford thing because yes, it's Ford engine was, essentially. That yeah, was I like kind that of where part. I took it. Is is it ties back to you got it's a more modern Ford. You'll still have the raw feeling of an old car. 1966, more modern. But yeah, you're going to still be missing out on a lot it's of other thirty five years more modern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, keep going. So but my more serious uh, uh, call, I think, is the C6Z06. Really? You get a bunch of them for around 30 grand. They're manuals, great dynamics and handling, and you can daily drive one of those things. Like, There's no reason not to. 
Interesting. Okay. All right. That, those are my, my top picks. Pretty good throwdowns. I like it. All right, Curly. I, uh, I'm going to take a crack at this. You know how we say the MX-5 Miata is the answer to everything? It could fit in this. It could. I 20 to 50 grand will get you either a lot of great used MX-5 or it could get you a brand new one. Easy. You could yeah. even go full on a track. Yeah, but, we, we don't have to go that far. But he is 6'2", and that's why I didn't go that route. I thought of that. However, Todd and I... Well, Todd will willingly cram himself into things and yeah. claim he's comfortable, even <laughs> though he's not. <laughs> I mean, you guys fit in the S2000, but I don't. And that's we're true. all the same height. That's true. It's very strange. Yeah. Our, our legs are all different lengths, mm-hmm. which is very funny. All right, so I am going there because I do fit in the NC generation fine. I like it. But again, Curly, your legs might be super long. Your torso might be super long. Who knows? Yeah. You're, you're going to have to drive these cars. But I find it interesting that you named a C6 because I went with a C5 Z06. Oh, interesting. In an effort to keep the price down, I know it's surprising, but because if it's going to be sitting longer, I thought, all right, do you need to spend as much money if you're driving it, say, three, four months out of the year and then you're back yeah, in Alaska? That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know your travel schedule, Curly. So I went C5Z06 because they are so prolific. They're great prices, but you're going to have to promise all three of us that you're not going to sit in the third lane and just cruise along. You're going to have yeah. to drive that car. <laughs> C5, C6, but it sounds like we're pointing you towards Corvettes, which are not Fords, obviously, but I, no. I think you do need to drive these cars because... The engine is going to be reliable. It's going to run on yeah. any of those generations in there. They're going to be fine. Yeah, and when it's, things do go wrong, I mean, you can get parts pretty much anywhere. Exactly. They're an LS, LS motor, right? So Hey, he's he's used to wrenching on a 31 Model A yeah. Ford truck. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's he's used to that. So I, I will say C5, but again, you might want to spend a bit more money and get a better interior and get updated styling mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things, which is fine. But C5s are great at, at yeah. the lower price too. So, so how modern do you want to go? I just, I don't want you to be just, Hey, I'm cruising around and going slow. You gotta, you gotta do video of, of at least one burnout for us. Just <laughs> at least one, <laughs> something irreverent, just a little bit of irreverence wherever, wherever that car lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, please do. So, Curly, thank you so much for writing. Really appreciate it. Hope this helps, and uh, please write to us. Both you guys. Cam, you've got some driving to do, so write to us and uh, let us know what you guys end up getting. We do have a bunch of questions to get to, so we're jumping to that. And we've had, like I said, we've covered Chance's new 996. But I want to talk about Nicholas D's question. He's writing to us on Facebook and says, what is the best way for a young driver slash enthusiast to start? And Nicholas didn't elaborate, so I'm going to leave it very open-ended in the sense that start what? Start being a driver? Start being an enthusiast, a photographer, a journalist? What? What do you start? cars in general and at what age? Because a young, we could be talking, you know, three years old we can be talking about 13 years old for the best way or 30 years old you, absolutely i mean hey age is nothing but a number right yep. you can start anything so i'm going for driving instruction when you say a young driver enthusiast to start driving instruction and getting rid of old habits bad habits and if you're a young driver you can nip that in the bud early you can get rid of those Yep. You know, those bad habits that we all fall into from, from driving, you know, one hand on the steering wheel, not really looking over our shoulder, changing lanes, yeah. those little things that we let slide because of, oh, we've got the lane, sh- lane changing technology. I don't need to look or, you know, we're, we're not relying on our own skill as much. The, that's the time to start working on your driving because then you start to appreciate the more cars you start to drive and get into, mm-hmm. of course, there's going to be shows. There's going to be all kinds of websites and magazines that you're going to be consuming that was me. I was building car models. I was beyond obsessive, and yeah. I'm sure you were too in very yep. different ways. Playing with Legos and uh, things like that, building st- cars. We all still play with Legos. Legos are sweet. <laughs> they, they're actually making some incredible they stuff make some right cool now. cool car Legos now, right? <laughs> I keep thinking, like, why didn't this exist when I was nine? <laughs> anyway, no kidding. But it exists now, so we're good. I, I'm thinking about driving instruction, and again, it comes down to the taking care of bad habits that could potentially form early and being cognizant and aware as a driver, not a steerer, but as a driver. Yeah, I think that's a good good uh, 
idea too, and also as well as going to the no go to what car shows cars and coffee absolutely get yourself get, to shows get out to an autocross and watch and try if they're young see if they'll allowed for a ride-along on some of these things ride-alongs are helpful they leave a deep deep impression or a scar depending on what car and yeah. what happened but <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know the, yeah just riding along that happened to me i told you about bob wolf's jaguar he was my dad's realtor friend bob wolf he had a cool yeah. name drove an xj6 with the dual fuel caps on both sides and it was yeah, yeah. classy he had a car phone in it and i was like ah <laughs> he said want to go for a ride so by the way, everybody listening, and, and uh, if it's something that we can do to help young drivers to nurture that along, please do that. Yeah. Take them for a ride in your cool car. Yeah. Because, yeah. hey, other people did it for us, right? Yeah, yeah. And what, I mean, one of the things that, that worked for me was, you know, I'd be out in the garage watching my dad work on the Jeeps that we had. That's right. Or That's whoever's, right. whoever's car we happened to have in the garage that you know, our friend needed this done to it so my dad would go fix it for them or we'd store a... Did he do that a lot? Just Every now and again, yeah. You know, people leaning on your dad, hey, I've just... Sometimes. Could you mind taking care of this thing? Sometimes. That's cool. Uh, we had a neighbor that um, they bought a... I don't remember if it was a C2 or C3 Corvette that we had in our garage for a little while. Really? And uh, yeah, just so, just things like that that, you know, Get the kids around the cars. Yeah, you start do, smelling do thing, them too. Do things around them. Don't just let them sit there. And you know, like like that that kid we talked about last episode. You know, hello Ferrari. I mean, just <laughs> stuff like that. That's gonna say hello to the Ferrari. I mean, no, that two or three year old's not going to remember that more than likely. But that's, no, but that's, if you if you, you learn the word Ferrari early and, in life, all yeah, good. Right? Yeah. That's hilarious. No, I like that. Nicholas, thank you for writing to us. And yeah, you've got to just immerse yourself. But yeah, find the things that really interest you. And mm-hmm. you, you've got to try a bunch of different things. It's like, you know, nurturing your children to, to hobbies or sports or whatever that is. It's the same thing in, in nurturing the car disease. And I suppose listening to the podcast is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Jeff H asks, since Todd's not around, <laughs> how you'll do you never two, hear this. How do you two really feel about Lotus, the 86 cars and bright colors? Well, <laughs> to that, I'll say I had a BRZ, which is an 86. Yeah. I have, my wife and I have a bright orange Porsche Boxster, which is brighter colored than Todd's yellow Lotus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it, that could be a good contest you think it's right a debate? there. Yeah, it's a debate. Uh, it's bright though, and then the lotus. I mean, well, come on, it's a lotus. It's yeah, a lotus. I, I think that's you. one of the few cars that you, that rivals your Cayman, the, the Evoras and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. it does. Jeff, we nurture our own proclivities. You know, Chance with Mustangs, I with Porsches, and Todd with Lotus. But there is, it, it's like uh, you go to you see a band and they all get up and start playing different instruments, and they're tighter in different ways but it's you know it's the same band but then the music kind of changes a little bit but we're all still enthusiasts yeah you could probably love lotus just as much as anything and i'm loving mustangs and you know what i mean totally so we we push it for this a little bit of the sake of polarity and for the joking factor we we do push that along but I love Evoras. I'm in love with the Evora 400. And yeah. it's it's along the lines of, you know, we think, well, I can't let myself love Lotus as much as Todd. No, I love Lotus. I love Mustangs. I, yeah. You know, and I, I think, like I said, you would too. You know, Todd would too. And Todd loves Porsches in many ways too. So as far as the manufacturer, we've continually remained open-minded just because, yeah, we've got our own brands that we love, but so many great cars out there yeah, that we love totally. too but totally you know we, we push it again for the sake of the show and for just kind of pushing it along and then the 86s i think they're excellent platforms i just wish they had more power i yeah. just do yeah. everybody has solved that but i wish toyota and fuji it's, it's and a great uh my first sports Subaru. car kind of a car <laughs> my for sony <laughs> yeah i i do like them they've come up with an excellent platform I'm concerned about what happens to the platform from here on out yeah. because they continually come out with special editions with zero power increase or five. Come on. Yeah. You might as well not even bother. It's time. Just special editions and more stripey stuff and a new wing and a part <laughs> glued on here. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Come on. Really push that car along. The second generation of that car could be so incredible. It could be such an enthusiast car, such a halo car. Yeah. And then colors... 
when Chance and I were in Monterey uh, a couple weeks ago, well, yeah, a week ago now, we're looking at cars and how that changes the character of things, which leads into Tom's question here yeah, yeah. about cars. Do they enhance the color or does the color enhance the car? I'm all for bright colors. It just depends on the sheet metal or fiberglass or composite material that it's applied to. I love the simpler, cleaner designs, and I think bright colors work on those. If it's something really busy, all right, you're suddenly looking at a Lamborghini because it's painted Kermit the Frog green, and it's got <laughs> wings in every direction, and it looks like it might cut you. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I love bright colors on cars. I really do. And, and I love the subtle stuff, too, for the sophistication and for what that says. I love the matte grays. I love all those shades in there, too. But I'm, I'm all for the bright colors, too. Yeah, it really, it, I think it, it depends. It really I mean, there there are instances where the car definitely enhances the color, and there are other instances yeah. where the color definitely enhances the car. I'm leaning more that way, the color enhancing the car more, but it can very easily, like I said, lead to a detraction of, whoa, well, I'd like that car if it weren't quite so crazy looking. I, I say that because there there are certain cars where you see – the the bright green and then you go and put that on a different car and it just it does not work very well yeah and it depends on the shade honestly it's yeah. a it's a profession it is a science mm -hmm. these companies work with color marketing group and many more research groups to select the right shade and that trickles down it comes yeah. honestly it comes from fashion it, it trickles down across the board it sounds strange but car designers go to fashion shows they do they get inspiration they see colors shapes and think there it is. That's what I want to do. Tom Matano used to take his design team to fashion shows and look at models walk and the, you know, the, the weight shift. It yeah. was all about the gait and translating that to a rear three quarter of a, you know, a car and what that looks like and what that says. These things are studied. It, yeah, it, yeah. it does exist. It makes a difference. That kind of leads into uh, Jorge M's question. He said, why is it that to my eye, the new Mustang Bullet seems to be subtle but classy take on the regular <laughs> GT, but I look at the new Z4 and think it's not enough of an evolution to the BMW corporate look, especially inside? Yeah. I'm glad you picked and, this one up. And I think, I think the answer to this question, though, is because the new Bullet Mustang is – it's not really a new design. It's a trim level. It's a special edition car based on the existing one, whereas the new Z4 is an entirely redesigned car and is new. And so it's not something that, you know, it's not the current Z4. It's the upcoming Z4. Mm -hmm. So when you look at that, you think, oh, that I don't really, it doesn't work for me or this doesn't follow where the rest of the company face is going. Whereas with the Mustang... It's already going off of what's existing that currently exists because it is the existing car just in a different trim and different colors and things like that. It's not a new model per se. Sure. Okay. Great point. I can see that. Uh, we've got a, a question over here uh, from Christopher M. Telling us that we get to revive one Porsche model, but we have to retire <laughs> one current model. Yeah. There, it's kind of like bait for me, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> just dragging along and... I pounce on it. So this revived model apparently can have any features of our choice. What's our pick? I This makes no business sense, but I would let Macans go. I would let Macans be retired as a model. And I do want a Porsche 929. I want a, a true GT car, even though 911s can be very easily used yeah. as GT cars. They do that just as well as being a track car. But I want a 929. I've seen renderings on the internet. I've just, I'm jonesing for something like that with a turbo V6, uh, you know, manual or PDK. Let's, let's bring that back. Let's bring a, a GT car, long, long hood, just the true sports car. Ah, I, I, yeah, you, you are so smitten with the 928s lately. I don't I know mean, why. I was looking at them at, at auctions, like I said, a week ago in Monterey. Well, going. before we started, you we were looking at two different ones on Bring a Trailer. Was I? Am I admitting that? Uh, you're not admitting it, but you were. So. <laughs> okay, what else did you find? Well, Steve M. and Toby C. kind of asked the same question for me about uh, – they're kind of related anyways. It's, Steve was asking, what made me decide to do a resto mod – instead of a restoration on my Mustang. Mm, yeah. I kind of alluded to it last week where I, I came across vintage Trans Am race cars 
this was after I had been looking at just, I wanted to do a resto mod anyways, just for some more modern features like disc brakes, power steering, air conditioning, that kind of thing. But, and, and, and you know, more, a little more power. But then I saw the race cars when I started, after I started getting into racing a lot more, when I was doing a lot of photography at the track and decided that's what I, the direction I wanted to go with it is make it a modern take on the vintage Trans Am cars, but using uh, late model parts that I can get at the local parts store instead of having to special order through a catalog kind of mm, thing. Sure, sure. And But I still want to have a lot of those... You know, the suspension I want is not going to be late model stuff. It's dedicated for this car, and it's, you know, engineered, and the geometry is right, and, you know, it's for my car. But and it's not the it's not leaf springs, but it's it's a modern version of suspension that we've got. You know, like the the last generation Mustang had for its rear axle or rear suspension, the three link suspension. Sure, sure. And that's that's the kind of thing I want to do with mine. It's pretty cool. I like that you have a goal and a theme in mind for that car. Yeah. And you're working towards it. It's not just, well, I'm buying parts, and I kind of like that, and kind of like that. Because you can tell cars that are just cobbled together yeah, with it, just parts, and then you're driving a parts car. It doesn't yeah. have a theme, and it's you know a specific focus. And that's kind of where it was before I start. once I had my focus. You, yeah. It was one of those things where, you know, this is going to sound maybe a little bad to some people, but you go to a car show and you see a line of restored Mustangs in a row. <laughs> They're not special anymore when you see 20 of them in a row. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I hate to think that, but yeah. When they're all identical looking anyways. And they're all restored and perfect chrome yeah. and you think, awesome. And they look great. There's nothing wrong with that. There's I a agree. crowd that loves that sort I agree. of thing. I and agree. I'm, not, I'm not saying anything against them at all. But... For me personally, I like being a little bit different. I like having a goal in mind, and this is what I want the car to be when I'm done, and it's going to be a blast when it's uh, – not that it's not a blast now, but it's going to be a blast when it's done. I think you still need to consider bronze wheels. Just consider that. You don't have to answer right now, but <laughs> I think they're cool, especially for the paint con- paint uh, scheme that you're considering. He's saying this because last week there, one of the Trans Am cars – uh, it was red and black, so it, the body was red, the hood was black, and it had black stripes, which was kind of the reverse of what my original plan was on my car. I want to do black with red stripes, but the old race cars had the black hood, and it was the matte finish because it yep. was to keep the sun out of the driver's eyes with yep. the reflections. And, and now I've been thinking... Uh, Maybe I do it in reverse. Do the red car with the black stripes, and, and there, this car at the track it had bronze wheels on it, and and some bronze just, accents uh, and things like that. And just set it off. Just I don't know. Just I don't know. It. We'll we'll see. All right. Destin Cade asks us if we think an affordable. By that he means a sub twenty five thousand dollar price for every model. An affordable performance only car company would be successful. If yes. Why doesn't one exist? Well, again, coming back to the business sense, what is the car or cars that pretty much saved the 911? The SUVs. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to come back to car companies as not charity organizations, but they're in business to make money. Yeah. And it's ultimately the performance cars that we all love and we talk about and recommend. Those cars, in a lot of cases, like the 911s, are supported by sales of Panameras and Cayennes and Macans over here. Mm-hmm. So... For a sub-25,000, though, you think, all right, well, now we're arguing we're getting the price down. Well, now you're talking about quite a less margin of profit in every car. Ford, for example, prints money building pickup trucks. Yeah. Every manufacturer that builds a pickup truck prints money. The margin on that, I think I read recently, was something in the $14,000, $15,000 per truck. Wow. Of just profit, and that is profit after everything: overhead, manufacturing, right. employees, on and on and on. Fifteen grand per truck. Wow, there's a solid case to be made here. Yeah. So therefore, it comes down to then you know it's the smaller boutique companies, it's the kit cars, it's the that kind of thing. So honestly, I hate to say it, but no, I I don't think they'd be successful because the market just isn't there. And so car companies rationalize the GT350s by building pickup trucks and selling them to Texas. Yeah. 
they I, I think they could exist, but at the same time, like like you said, where's the money going to come from? Because it's such a such a niche market. Even though we all wish for a cheap sports car, everybody does constantly. But there's, eighty-six platform with more power. Yeah, but there's a point where you know all those cars exist because they have something else to fall back on. Yeah, they've got to have the constant sales, and that's why economy cars exist because they sell them. You know, rental fleets, all that kind of stuff. That yep. is bread yep. and butter type of income that will support the one-off, even at a low price. It still does that. Yeah, Hyundai's a great example. I mean, you could just point to just about every company yeah. doing this, and it, it's hard to justify that. And then you look at your bottom line, you think, what if we built a small CUV because they're selling, they're hot right now. People would buy them, and then that would support our development program. That That's where it creeps in. Yeah. It's, it's tough to realize. It's tough to deal with, but hey. World we live in, right? Yeah, no kidding. Brandomness on Instagram says, As an owner of a 2007 base Cayman, my driving skills are advanced to the point where I'm noticing aspects of the car that could I could imagine upgrading. At what point do you recommend stop upgrading components like brakes, suspension, intakes, tunes, all the things, and just use that money and step up to a Cayman S or a 997 or name your sports car. Mm-hmm. Where's the line? We talk about modding out of class. We talk about tuning out of class all the time. Yep. The line is, you know, once you've if you've spent enough money to make your car as fast as the next car up above you, you should have just bought the next car above you. I agree. And Porsches in particular have expensive components. Yeah. And therefore, that can get wildly out of hand really quickly quickly more quickly than other car manufacturers do headers alone on our on the box 987 the boxer cayman are like three grand are they really something like that yeah a, a full exhaust is oh. like seven through fob speed now granted fob speed's not the cheap brand but that's Still. seven grand for a 987 oh. that's a lot of money seven grand is a porsche 944 yeah i hate to tell you you can go yeah, buy yeah. a car for that kind the, of money. their exhaust sounds great Nothing against fob speed at all. I'd love it on ours, but I'm sure. that's a lot of money. That is a ton of money. Wow. I didn't realize there were that much. Yeah, I'm I'm with Chance. It's one of those things, like I said, especially Porsche, yeah. their parts. And then that's the whole, well, do I go with the replica? It's not the actual Porsche genuine part because I want to save money. Well, then if you do enough of those yeah, kinds of parts, and, it's not true to the original anymore. I mean, if you're building the car to be a track car then fine that's that's one thing cuz then you're you're trying to keep your your uh consumable prices down and that's why you build you know your Miatas race cars versus and that's why you know, people choose the 911 race cars the 86 platform the, the Miatas yeah. the parts are so much less yeah. Mustangs is a perfect but example but if it's your daily driving driven street car that you track maybe twice a year or you know that sort of thing then why mm-hmm. not have just bought the faster car in the first place? Because at the end of the day, instead of having the Ferrari or the 911 or insert car here, you've got your fasts, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And it's it's cool that you've done that, but it's it's still what you started with, you know? Hi, Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that kind of leads into John G's question. He asks us on both platforms here, would we consider buying a Cayman that was already turbocharged if the kit came from a reputable manufacturer like TPC? TPC Racing is up in Maryland, I believe. Yeah. I have actually, I stared at their website when I owned my 987. I dreamed about dumping power into that car. Yeah, and they're a great brand. They go racing. They are near bulletproof as far as i can tell have not driven a tpc equipped car but they seem like a great way to yeah. get inexpensive power i say that relatively speaking the turbocharged upgrade kit from my 987 then was 10 grand 9 grand somewhere in there which admittedly is not inexpensive but at that point you know they know people want to race these and track them and still drive them everywhere So I say yes, even if it's this high 20s to mid 30s price you're talking about. Yeah, I would agree with that. The answer to that is is definitely yes, because stuff like that, you modify your car, you don't get that money back. You don't. Despite despite what people seem to think. You're having to swallow that every time you buy parts for your Mustang, by the way. (laughs) Modifications do not add value to your car. (laughs) I'm proud of you saying that, by the way. Well done. That's, I think, that's well, hard to say. It's hard I, to go that, out there. The, the old cars, are, it's a little bit different, but <laughs> the, depending on what you do, my car's not really any worth any more than another similar car that's, sure. that's all original, and it's not. I fully admit that. But Sure. Yeah, there, there's definitely a point where 
you know, your suspension and everything else does not add ten grand to your car, even though that's what it costs you to put on. Crazy to that, think. That's why but, it's so. Yeah. That's why my answer to this question is: Yeah, if someone's selling a car like that, absolutely buy that thing. You may yeah. get it inspected and make sure it's solid. Sure, but absolutely because you're going to save yourself thousands of dollars of doing it yourself. Oh my gosh! And TPC will know that car, especially a company like that. They they go through the whole shakedown. I, absolutely, I, yeah. I wouldn't hesitate if that's what's interesting but to you. If if that's your thing, you like modifying your cars, then cool. Yeah, I like tinkering with my car so i'm in <laughs> the do? same boat <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome well guys we've got to sign off there todd and i are back next week i'll actually be traveling but he is back from vacation so we're jumping right back into topic tuesdays thanks for being here man really great to yeah, have you on for these uh for this whole week it's been great yeah it's, it's always always a pleasure yeah i know people are loving hearing about your 996 well guys write to us we're looking forward to hearing from you and uh yeah appreciate all the social media questions as well we're looking forward to next time cheers everyone Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.